Hello there, you're watching or listening to Badass Lady Folk. I'm your host, Christine Stoddard. And this episode, my guest is Holly Harper. Welcome, Holly. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. I had director, who you know, Melanie Gaudreau, oh, on yes. the show. Yes, yes. She was our first guest. Oh. And that, dear listeners, is how Holly and I met working on yes. this production. But Holly is... Really just a brilliant all-around actress. Thank you. Comedian especially. Thank you. I'm silly. <laughs> you are silly. I say inappropriate things, and then I realize that's my strength. <laughs> <laughs> I like how everywhere on your branding it's comedy nerd. Yes. So tell me, what is that about? A comedy nerd, okay, it took me a long time to realize I was a comedy nerd. But, okay, it started when I was like eight or nine, nine years old with Mad Magazine. And I was like, R.I.P. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was cracked. You know what I mean? But I felt like, I remember when I saw it for the first time, I was like, is this real? Like, <laughs> like I was like, oh, my God, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, and then cracked was like a shoot off of Matt. Mm -hmm. I just, uh, I was like religious with it. And then any kind of comedy sitcom, any kind of comedy movie. I just be, and I love funny songs. I love sketch shows. I love sitcoms. I love funny moments on talk shows. And I realized you're, you're a freaking comedy nerd. Like I love to yeah, do stand up. Yeah. I love to do. I love to do funny plays. So I just am a nerd for things that are comedic. Yeah. What were some of besides Mad and besides Cracked? What were some of the early references? Some of the sitcoms and movies and whatever else you just adored as a kid. Okay, this is so great. Three's Company. Yes. When I was little. <laughs> Very good. That stuff was trash. It was trash, <laughs> but it was high art trash. And I realized I started getting to the point where I started keeping like a journal. I've kept mm -hmm. a diary. I kept a diary from five to 25. It's the strangest thing to go back. I kept a consistent diary wow. for 20 years from kindergarten until the second year out of theater school. Did your parents read it? They read a couple things. I got grounded a few times. I was like, why are y'all reading? My stuff, like, what's wrong with you? But I was not a bad kid. I was just like, damn, I, I guess I, I feel like I'm right here, but not a safe space. <laughs> like, damn, why are you looking at just to get intel? But um, I would keep a diary, and I would watch uh, sitcoms, and I would start listing different types of jokes. And I didn't realize that I was really just breaking down what comedy was yeah. to the point where I'd be watching Three's Company and I realized, I remember the first joke I remember realizing was double entendres, how when things mean two things. Mm -hmm. Like remember Jack and Chrissy be like moving a couch, <laughs> be moving a mattress in the bedroom and Janet would be in the living room and they'd be like, it's too big. And she'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> so let's stick to her. Like, yeah. So that just, yo. That show was not for children. It was not. But so many people watched it as little kids. Girl, I was addicted. <laughs> I was addicted. I remember being like, who's better, Chrissy Snow or Janet? Like, and then, ja and then it's so weird because, like, now you could not do this Jack pretending to be gay. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't be okay. It was ridiculous. It was crazy. But yeah, the first things were um, watching women be funny, Laverne Shirley, watching mm -hmm. them be funny. And the fact that there were different types of humor. Yeah. I've always loved how people have different types of humor. And I really studied that in movies. And then I love seeing it in different people's characters. Yay. Yes, okay. Yes. So when did you start doing comedy? I started. <laughs> even as a kid. Like, even as a kid. I don't. 
I don't like, know. Like, what's some funny little show or performance you did for your family? Who knows? I don't know. I just remember my, okay, my son is in the sixth grade, mm-hmm. right? And let me tell you something. When you have kids, you get these crazy flashbacks of things you did. Yeah. When you see them at that age, you long forgot. <laughs> long, long forgot. So my son had a science project. And, like, I went through this. I have a 16-year-old daughter. So I went through this last night BS. They do. It'll be like 10 o'clock at night. They'd be like, I got a science project. Oh, you know, no. You're like, what? Like, I got to rush. I got to get a, you know, and then you got to come up with a hypothesis. No. And like, remember that three boarded? Yes. It was a that nightmare. Panel. But I was in And they're so big. They're huge. And they still do it. They still do it. You know, I once, just once, I want to do adult, okay, just an offshoot. I want to do adult <laughs> science projects with comedians. Like, is so-and-so full of shit? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then, like your experiment, if, then <laughs> if then your hypothesis, our conclusion, this is our data. But um, I had some science project. I don't even know what it was, but I waited, and all of a sudden I was like, "Oh my god, I'm just gonna have to dazzle them with a performance." And my dad was like, "No, like this you is need, middle or high school? This is I was 11 in sixth oh. grade, and, <laughs> and everyone had to go up and present this project, and I don't know what I was thinking, but." All this, I just came up in front of the class, and they're all just sitting there, like they're like, because they knew I was a little silly. They're mm-hmm. like, "What is this girl going to do?" <laughs> and all of a sudden, I just said, "I said, hit the lights." And I had a friend who was on the lights, and the <laughs> light went out, and the teacher was like, "What's going on?" <laughs> and the lights, and the lights came on, and it went poof, this big like baby powder, and it came up to Herbie Hancock's rocket. It's like doo 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 doo, and I started like moonwalking and like doing this whole dance, and I was just something like. Are the clouds really the clouds? <laughs> Something <laughs> like it. But it was ridiculous. And I remember forget I got like an A for presentation <laughs> and then like a D for my report. And I was like, and he was like, so you averaged out to B minus. I was like, all right. Like, <laughs> was the teacher laughing during all the that? The teacher was dying laughing. The teacher was like 28 years old. Like, yeah. what is happening? <laughs> I was like dancing all around the desk. I was like <laughs> leaping over the desk and like, oh my god it was ridiculous i like changed i had like an outfit and i went out in the hallway and I came back in. wow and then i was just and they were just like why did you do all that and i was just like i had nothing prepared <laughs> and i was like i think if i could just razzle dazzle them they would just and they, it worked all yeah. the teachers were like looking at me for a week like you <laughs> with the baby powder the janitor's like i had to clean that shit up <laughs> janitor was pissed you had a kid with the baby powder. I was like early mm. improv, right? Early. <laughs> I think back on that. I'm like, if my son did that now, I'd be so pissed. <laughs> I told him that, and he was like, "You just Tommy." He said, what? "Why'd you? Do, you didn't do your project." I was like, "No, I danced it out. <laughs> I, had, I had sound effects. It was ridiculous." Well, I had a little friend on the side working the lights. <laughs> Okay, so let's fast forward to theater school. What oh made you God. decide to do that? Well, it was crazy. Like, to go. I know. Right? What was crazy is that, okay, when I, was, when I was a little kid, I got into acting. So we were living in Philly. My mom was in the middle of, like, getting separated and divorced from my mm. dad. And before my, my biological dad to, like, my stepdad, who's, like, my dad. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. He's, like, my, the one who comes to all the shows yeah. and all that. But um, I just remember... I was acting. I was always a little kid. I was like Tinkerbell, and it was like a community theater, you know, like a little. T- it was in like a suburb of Philadelphia. But Which like, one? 
I remember, was it Chestnut Hill? Okay. Or, or Mount Airy? But I lived in Chestnut. My parents moved a few times. Yeah, yeah. You have young parents. I asked because my parents are in Drexel Hill, and my sister's in West Philly, oh. and the other sibling is in Fishtown. So. Oh, okay. okay I so have never got... lived in Philly, but yeah. everyone else is living in Philly. Yo, those neighborhoods are like, this is the neighborhood. Like, it's like, that we don't live there. We yeah, live they're there. possessive. You're like, yeah, like, Okay. Okay, like so Brooklyn. Tinkerbell. But I was, I, I, you know, I did, but then, okay, but then my, my mom got remarried. We moved to, moved to Jersey, South Jersey. I had a teacher who really hated me in oh, the sixth no. grade. She, like, would be straight up just like, you know when someone talks to you and their sound goes down, they're like, Christine. Like, hi, oh, Christine. No. She'd be like, hi, Holly. Like, her voice always went down. Always went down. Mm-hmm. And I tried out for the play, and I hadn't done any acting since I left Philly when I was nine. So I was, like, 11. And I was like, um, I auditioned for this play, but my mom had a, had a dance appointment. She's going to pick me up. And the callback sheet wasn't going up to the end of the day. So I was like, Miss Didrickson, did I, did I make it in the, the callback? And she goes, no, and you aren't very good. <gasps> Yo. Whoa! She, like, crushed the acting me for years. How could she crush a child like that? Let's just so see you next Tuesday. Cruel. That's that uh... evil. Yeah. Evil-hearted woman. Evil-hearted woman. Yeah, when I hear people say, oh, anyone can be a teacher, that is not true. No. <laughs> they can pass a test. Yeah. But you actually being... No, she was horrible. She hated oh, me. I'm so sorry. That's but... okay, but I stopped for like... I only tried out, and then I was 11. I had done since I was 9. It wasn't until I was almost 17 hmm. that I started acting again. And then I was in a boarding school... And this girl, my cheerleading squad, was like, you know, my mom's a director, and she's going to be directing the play here. Mm. Why don't you just try out for it? And I was like, oh, because I've kind of, I didn't, I felt Did like. Did you tell that friend about what happened to you? No, okay. I didn't. But so, I, but she, she sensed. Yeah, because I was like, I, like, we, we talked about movies all the time. Okay. And she was, she was a Broadway actress, a child Broadway, Broadway okay. actress that was just in our boarding school. And so I auditioned for the play. I got the lead in the play. And the, her mother and then the new acting teacher at our school were gung-ho, like Holly Harper. They were gung-ho. They changed the, tra- the trajectory of my life. They Good. Like, taught me what theaters. I didn't even know what a theater school was. Okay. I had no idea. what. That, I was like, what is that? Like, what is? I didn't know what that was. And so they found the auditions. They were like, this is where you need to go. This is what you need to do. They helped, they did, they helped me do everything. They really changed the mm. path of my life. And that director... I still talk to her on Facebook at least once a month. This is like 30 years later, I still talk to her. That's precious. Yeah, she's just a really good person. Just a really good person. <laughs> so you went to DePaul? Yeah, I went to DePaul Theater School. Okay, you're going to talk shit or sing your praises? I don't know. Or well, somewhere me, in between? It was both. <laughs> okay. It was a horrible time in my life, and it was a beautiful time okay. in my life. The, in, the actual instruction... Because I had to really sort this out in 2020 with the racial reckoning. Because mm. I saw I saw something with John Baptiste and all these different black actors and musicians were talking about what it's like to be black at music and theater conservatories. And I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, I don't think a lot of people really understand, yeah. you know. But um, the actual instruction I got, I think, is second to nothing. I think the but I. By then, okay, because I my mom got remarried and me, my dad, my dad's awesome. My sibling, I got new siblings; they're awesome. <laughs> but we was I went from being in like a 
Philly, which was like a Brooklyn, it was yeah, very multicultural, yeah. to being like in a Trump Pence land. Oh no! <laughs> in South Jersey, and so that teacher, I was the only black kid in the class. She was just the evil ass white lady. Just you're not good. Like it was just, it was like those movies you would see yeah. on like TNT, and you're like this, this is so broadly written. <laughs> but like it really was, it really was my childhood. Like yeah. I, there, I remember being the first day of school, like getting on a school bus, and there were you know all white kids and me, and like nobody even wanted to sit next to me. Like it was. Gross. I dealt with a lot of racism when I was little. And what's crazy is the fact that I see people now and we're adults and we're like, hey, how are you? Like, I don't feel oh. it. Yeah, I'm like, hi. Like, they're, I don't think they really processed how they affected a kid. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think they. But my point is, by the, I went there and then I went to boarding school. Even though my boarding school, it is my favorite place on earth mm -hmm. is my boarding school. Like when I go back to my boarding school now, I like lay on the grass and I cry. Like I want to oh. be buried there. Like I love that place. How many years were you there? I was there for three years. Okay. I went wow. back and I taught sketch comedy last January. Well, this past January. I love the place. They changed, they, they changed my life. Like they really changed my life with a teacher and everything mm -hmm. there. Um, but it was mostly a white space. And then by the time I got to theater school, there was a part in me that was just burnt out mm. from being in white spaces. Yeah. And then I had, like, it was funny how there's, like, the racial reckoning in 2020. That shit happened for me in 1988. Mm -hmm. I was a teenager. That happened for me. All of a sudden, I just started really looking around at power structures, class, gender, race, uh, just capitalism, just being an American because being at school, you you talk about our school is a Quaker boarding school. They, all you do is talk oh. about <laughs> all you do is talk about ideas, and right. you're and you live there, so there's no off button. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's yes. no and the thing is either you fit in or you don't. You know what I mean? If you're like I just think America's cool, you're not gonna fit in. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're gonna be like uh, you don't question some of these. So by the time so by the time I got to theater school, I was it was a nightmare. Hmm. It, on the other half of it for me was a nightmare racially. Mm -hmm. Racially, it was a nightmare. But for me, like internally, there was nobody beating me down. There was nobody mean. You know what I mean? It was just sort of like I would question things like, um, like they have children's plays, yeah. right? And you know, it's children's theater. And then they would have three days a week. They have a children's show for like three, three, four months. And we have these all school critiques. Like the whole school piles into the lobby and we mm -hmm. chop up a show. You basically drag a show right. for like, <laughs> you know what I mean? At the end, yes. you're like, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? <laughs> that shit is traumatic. And you're like 20 years old <laughs> trying to defend your fucking life. But like, we were at one of these critiques and it was for Cinderella. And I was on crew for Cinderella. Basically, I weighed in the wings. I changed some girl's dress halfway through for like <laughs> three months at 8 a.m. You know, you're hungover. Oh you're, you're a freshman in college. You barely know how to drink. I just remember, like, a lot of days I was blue and green trying to change people's skirts backstage. Wow. But with the critique, and someone said, does anybody have anything to say about our choice of player? This, and I mm -hmm. said, this is Chicago, and 40,000 kids have seen the show, and about 35,000 of them are black. Why are we putting forth a show that just completely upholds white feminine beauty mm -hmm. for 35,000 black kids. You could have heard a pin drop. This was like 1990. People were like, what? Because it's Cinderella. And I remember <laughs> being like, 
<laughs> fuck Cinderella. Like I started really started thinking about yeah. feet, and I said, but do you understand that if you are black in this country, you grow up with just white standards of beauty yeah. all the time. Even white women can't even get to the fucking standard of beauty they push for white women. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they can't even attain that lest everybody else. And so it was tough because I would ask hard questions. Hmm that were related to why don't we study these plays? Yeah. Why do we have to audition for all these plays? Like you you're made to, it's mandatory, but they're all white plays. <laughs> and they're like because you need to know that's audition in the real world. I was like but in the real world I wouldn't be auditioning for these things. Right. Like on what planet would you like are you going to go out and audition for the color purple like no. now? <laughs> no. Like you're going to audition for something that aligns yeah. with you and who you are and what's feasible. Like yeah. hello and it's just not about being racist, it's just a matter of just, just, yeah. just reality. So that was very tough for me because I realized that my boarding school built this, at the time, unattainable way of looking at the world that really kind of destroyed a lot of my, I started to see people as, it destroyed my ability to see a lot of people as less than completely racist or stupid hmm. or sexist. I had to really not unlearn, but kind of dumb myself down hmm. in a lot of ways to deal with a lot of people. Because I realized people are just not talking about these things. It doesn't mean they're a bad person. It doesn't mean they're stupid. It just means that you have to let go of a lot of these things to be in the industry. Yeah. And then it was very hard for me when I graduated because I would go on auditions and I had an agent, but I would like read much and I hated it. Yeah. And I was just like, what is wrong with me? Why why can't I why can't I get book gigs? Why can't hmm. I do things? And I realized because you don't like the material. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when I would tell other actors that, they would be like, well if you want to work you're gonna. I'm like, yeah, I I know that. I'm just being honest about. And but then when my funny bone kicked in, I did a short film mm-hmm. with this girl. About a year in, I did a short film with this girl. I played her bratty little sister. <laughs> I never got to be the bratty little sister. I was a middle. I was six kids in my family. I was a middle sister, but my older sister, she didn't really do any of the things first. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I was like dating first, okay. this first. So I. I never got the luxury of being their bratty little sister. <laughs> so when I got to play a bratty little sister for the first time, I'll never forget the directors. People were taking me aside and they're like, you really should do comedy. You really <laughs> nailed that. And that's not who you are, like who you came in. And so when the funny bone kicked in as a 25-year-old, that helped me because it gave me something more to latch on to. Yeah. When did you start writing sketch? I started, it was crazy. I wrote sketches... In theater school, okay, but <laughs> this is so stupid. Someone, one of the teachers, was like, "You, you shouldn't be doing this. You should be. You're an actor. You're an acting program. You're not in a writing program. <laughs> you need to focus on do one thing at a time. Yeah, all the way through. <laughs> you need to focus on on acting. And so I was really like writing sketches underground for about four years hmm. before, underground. <laughs> like to me underground like I'm a fucking enslaved African you know what I mean I'm just like nobody knows you know what I mean because think about the 90s like if you're an actor you're an actor 
only it was the men that were allowed to be, he's a yeah. Ed Burns, he's a Spike Lee, he's a, all that. No, that was not for women. Mm-hmm. And not for young women, and not for young, feminine-looking women. Let's be real. If you're a young, feminine-looking woman, you're happy people, you're pretty. Yeah. Girl, just be pretty. Yeah. You could just, and it's like, I have a, I have another side of my brain. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've dealt with this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but this is the Holly episode, so but no, but <laughs> I you hear. But yes. you know what I'm saying. Yes. You're like, Girl, you're pretty. You shut up. And you're yeah. like, thanks. That's great. That shit will fade. Um, <laughs> and I still have my thoughts. Yeah. So I started really writing sketches when I was about 28. Mm-hmm. I was 28, and I was planning my wedding. I was playing my wedding. I put stand-up on hold. I started stand-up at 26, and then I stopped okay. cold turkey for, like, 20 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, I was putting stand-up on hold, and I was playing this wedding, and I just started writing sketches. I would go to, I would go see other people stand-up, and I would say, hey, I took your, your joke, and I developed it into a sketch. And they were like, what? <laughs> like, what? That's my joke. I'm like, I, I'm not putting it on. I'm just telling you. Yeah, yeah. And they were like... That's kind of funny. So <laughs> I started taking my jokes and other people's bits and developing them into sketches. And then I formed my first sketch group. So that's how it happened. That was the dope show? Yeah, the dope show. Okay. And then when did American Candy start? Oh, God. Off? I did a dope show from like 99 through 2001, mm-hmm. maybe 2000, 2001. And then I started writing comedic plays. One sketch. Okay. Did really well. One sketch, and then beca- it was called The Young and the Chocolate. <laughs> it was The Young and the Chocolate, and it was a sketch, and then I made it into a full-blown play. Like, Because I, st- I was watching shit like Anchorman. I was watching all the Judd Apatow, Will Ferrell, mm-hmm. long-form, and I didn't realize that's what I was doing. I just thought they were just funny plays, but they really were like long-form sketches. So I did The Young and the Chocolate. And uh, there was like a battle between this girl who lived in Harlem and the girl who lived in Washington Heights, <laughs> who both were, had babies with the same dude, and he died. And it was like, who gets what? It was <laughs> it was silly. It was so silly. And then I did a play called Jack and Jill, that was like a flip side where there were bougie black folk, <laughs> and but they were separated by two sister who two half sisters, mm-hmm. and they're each of their families. So I'm really good with family dynamics and people, but um. American Candy didn't come along until 2009. Hmm. I had did this play. I did this 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 play of Jack and Jill. We did it like two, three times. Um, we actually shot like a little short. I did a web series out of it, and then that was by the time. Then I got pregnant. You got pregnant. And I had a baby, and all of a sudden, I was coming out of you know. Luna was about almost one, hmm. and I was like, a good friend of mine. Here's the thing. A lot of times women now, I don't know about now, but when you have a baby, girl, people can just ditch you. Oh, yeah. I've heard about that. (laughs) What? This friend of mine, Nina Ash, she really kind of like saved my professional life. She was like, are you moving back to New York? I was like, yeah. She goes, because I'm working with theater. She was in my sketch show. Hmm. See, she was in my sketch show. And... Me and my husband went to their wedding. They came to our wedding. Um, her husband, Eugene Ash, he's a really good writer-director. And so we were just like two young couples, and we were going to each other's stuff, and it was really cool. And, we were, and then she was, in, you know, she was, she was one of the funniest actresses I've ever seen in my life. But um, she's like, I'm working with this theater company. They're doing like an improv thing. You want to be part of the improv group? And I was like, I auditioned for it. I got in, and it was fun. But I got to be honest. I love them. I, I don't really like improv. <laughs> And I respect yeah. people who do improv. It's just not for me. It, but I knew how to do it because in theater school, your whole first year yeah. is improv. So I was like, oh, shit, I know how to do this. Had a great time. 
Um, but I wanted something permanent. Mm-hmm. I like writing. Mm-hmm. I like writing. I think it's, that's a problem with improv. I like writing. I like sets. I like I I like to build the world. You know, um, and so then she was like, "Hey, our theater company wants to start a sketch group, but we want you to head it." Ooh. And so I started the group with them, and then it was really successful. And about a year in, they wanted to just be like, "Okay, you just take it your own, and you do your own thing with it." And I did, and we stayed friends. Like I love them. I still love their theater company. But I did American Candy and started in two thousand nine. Hmm. I want to because unfortunately, unfortunately, we do have to wrap up. But I do want to hear just a little bit about your Facebook posts because oh, you wow. because you do write on Facebook, and I find many of your posts funny eloquent insightful and you bring so much of your theater and comedy experience into and and movie uh ambitions right and insights uh you bring all that into it but you write a lot about parenting too so i'm curious who am i gonna talk to like yeah (laughs) Yeah, i just want to hear a little bit about what goes into those posts are they just like this is what i'm thinking this minute or are they more premeditated than that, or or what? I think it depends on what it is. Like, if I'm talking yeah. about parenting, a lot of it is, like, uh, I'll just be at the playground. Mm-hmm. I, it's crazy, because I'm not part of the playground. I was so part of that's a. Let me tell you something. You don't have kids. I can tell. No. You don't have kids, because, first of all, you accessorize. You look rested. No. <laughs> you have nice skin. You're not bitter yet. Like, I can feel it. You know what I mean? Like, you still got your first set of abs. <laughs> You know what I mean? You got your first booty. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you're a mom, your shit is like reconstructed uh, all the time. No. Like you you got joy about you. Look at me. <laughs> but um, I think a lot of, okay, I used to be part of the playground for all these years. Right, and right. then one day your kid's like, I don't want to get no more. And you're like, <gasps> but that was our shit. Like that was our <laughs> spot. So you, but it's, it, yo, I was part of the playground hardcore for like eight years. And then all of a sudden my kids are like, I don't want to go anymore. And it's like, guess that life is over you know what I mean but I would it would be like me on the playground or everything I was writing because it was you know like the social media and the iPhone to me is like because the iPhone came out the week my daughter was born hmm. it's crazy my wow. iPhone came out I, I was nursing a newborn baby and my husband was like hey I got you this thing called the iPhone I was like huh <laughs> and I was like I was being like what like I was never really even about my phone yeah yeah until I had an iPhone and had a baby because I couldn't read magazines anymore. I couldn't, that's the thing. I could not get through a magazine. <laughs> so I turned from, it's crazy. I turned from a person before I was, before I had kids, it, I, I'm like ashamed. Before I had kids, I would spend honestly working on one play for like a year and do that play and have maybe like eight performances there, 10 performances there. After I had my kids, I worked. 10 times as hard. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that's about. Huh. But I think a lot of it is because the writing, it was constant on my phone. Yeah. But the Facebook posts about parenting are so much about, I am usually write them on a train. Mm-hmm. Or I'm at home. I just got home. Or, I mean, it's always like, and I had this one hashtag on the way for like <laughs> years on the way. Because yeah. just so many things happen. Okay, it would always be like on the way to pick up my daughter. On the way home, you mm. know, like one of my favorite Facebook posts is when my daughter was like, tell me some stories of college. 
And I start going through, I'm like, no, I can't say that. No. <laughs> no. My graduation was great, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, that is all the time we have, but it has been a pleasure, Ms. Holly Harper. Thank you. Thank you all for watching Badass Lady Folk or listening. We air on Manhattan Neighborhood Network and Radio Free Brooklyn and podcast platforms everywhere. Tune in next time.